hello and welcome back to the Gucci podcast. Screening daily during Gucci Fest in November 2020, a series of fashion films celebrated the works of 15 independent designers, proudly supported by the house. This episode is a recording of a conversation between digital creator Brian Boy and fashion journalist, author and critic Alexander Fury, which took place on Gucci's Instagram Live as they shared their thoughts on the fashion films of these talented emerging designers selected by creative director Alessandro Michele to showcase their collections. So everybody, you know, my name is Brian Boy and I'm here in Sweden and we are with my friend Alexander Fury, who I personally find he's my personal fashion oracle he's the men's fashion critic of you know financial times and another magazine mm-hmm. features uh, the director of another magazine yeah. yeah all right so i think you know i mean we just finished watching gucci fest which is like a week-long film festival um i really really love that they featured 15 emerging designers that's what we're going to be talking about yes. today yeah so what do you feel about how do you feel about gucci presenting or working with these emerging designers in a different format? I mean, I thought it was interesting when obviously a lot of people aren't able to stage fashion shows. And when back in May, Alessandro Michele said that Gucci would no longer be kind of participating in fashion weeks as they're happening, that he kind of went out and made his own fashion week in a way. It's amazing that a company like Gucci has the, has the kind of power to do that. But it's also, I think, really incredible that Gucci are giving that opportunity to young designers as well. It's not just about Gucci kind of enriching their own brand. It's also about kind of helping other designers. It's it's really kind of altruistic. There's a real kind of sense of Gucci wanting to give back to the fashion community, which I think is really great. And the other thing that I love about Fashion Weeks is that you have designers showing next to other designers and you kind of compare them all and I think that's what you kind of end up doing with these young designers as well you kind of end up comparing them you know next to each other I mean I think it's I think it's quite genius actually in a way that you know with all of these emerging designers if they were to show during a regular fashion week like I'm sure with your schedule and my schedule with me personally I wouldn't have the chance to see all of them whether they're presenting you know through a presentation or a show because we all have a checklist of which brands we need to go to which advertisers we need to go to so in a way for me to even see all you know some of these designers i'll be honest i've never heard most of them and it's only until now that i got to know them i mean a lot of them are also um you know men's press won't necessarily see women's wear and women's press won't necessarily see men's wear which, yeah. I mean, you and I, we both go to women's and men's fashion weeks. So I feel like we, we see kind of all of it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of press, you know, they really wouldn't necessarily interact with each other. So, for instance, there's a lot of, of women's press who wouldn't necessarily know who someone like Stephen Cook is. Um, mm. Stephen Cook is, is a London-based menswear designer. I'm, this is who made the jumper that I'm wearing. I'm trying to represent. Um, <laughs> But, you know, a lot of women's press won't know who that designer is and, and won't know about their work. So this is a kind of amazing platform to to sort of elevate all of them um, through Gucci and alongside Gucci. And there's also the, the, the idea that Alessandro Michele is the person that selected these designers. So there's something really interesting about looking at that kind of curation of designers and also what it says about him 
and his taste and conversely what it's saying about this kind of new generation of, of designers coming up now. And what, how do you feel about you know, presenting these designers in a film format? Well, it's, it's something that everyone kind of has to think about at the moment because we don't really know when we're going to be going back to fashion weeks as they are. Um, you know, th there've been kind of small fashion weeks happening. There've been, you know, some designers have been able to show, some designers haven't been able to or have opted not to. Um, so I think what people should be doing now is thinking about ways to show their clothes besides on a runway because you, we're not sure when we're going to be going back to that. And really inventive people have been kind of tackling it and, and taking it as an opportunity to show clothes in a different way and to engage with their audience in a different way to engage with the viewers. You know, you look at something like what Bianca Saunders did in, in this series, and she had the models talk to the camera. And it's really, you know, endearing and sometimes funny. And, you know, it really humanizes the models in a way that is very difficult to do in a fashion show when models are just walking <laughs> past you. You know, it's not, it's not about getting to know them as a person in a fashion show, really. Yeah. And also that, you know, for me, the really interesting thing is that idea of kind of characters and individuality really does connect with Alessandro Michele and with what he does in Gucci shows. And also what we saw in the Gucci films, you know, it was a lot of the, the characters in the, the Gucci films were actually, um, were actually people he'd used as models. I don't want to say they were models because they're not. And he yeah. talks a lot about not using conventional models in his shows. Um, so again, you had that idea of kind of individuality, that idea of characters, that idea of expressing personality. Um, and I think it's really interesting that you, you got that in Bianca's film as well. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to have to dive right in with yeah, all of well, these designers. So yeah, I know. No, it's fascinating when you said about the whole individuality aspect, because some of these designers, they really, some of them, of course, you really told a lot of intimate personal stories, mm. you know? I really love Aluwalia, for example. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I can personally relate to, especially since I'm, I'm, I'm also an immigrant. You know, I was born in the Philippines, moved to New York, now in Sweden. And in a way, as a person of color, it's fascinating to see another point of view from another person of color, you know, and their communities in London. Yeah. You know, I love the concept of like this, you know, they talk about the, even the idea of carnival. Yeah. I personally, you know, since I'm Asian as well, I mean, I'm Asian, I had no idea how deeply rooted and personal it is to this community the whole concept of carnival to, to, to people to a lot of people they see carnival as a celebration mm -hmm. or as a symbol you know an event of happiness whereas for them it's i didn't know it's a protest yeah so that for me it's 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 incredible to see this you know i think you also got that in um in chanel campbell's film you certainly got that sense of she wants to talk about kind of um, the experience of black women in her work. And you certainly got that in, in her film as well, you know, different kind of cultures coming together. The fact she lives in the Bronx now, um, but she's from kind of Caribbean heritage. And, she, you know, she's very interested in kind of communicating around those ideas. And I think you got it as well in, in Yuki Chi's video. Yeah. Um, which I really liked because it was about taking us back to where they came from it was you know it was about taking us back to the village um and it really felt like kind of a, a snapshot of a way of life but then also with these clothes that didn't really fit so there's this yeah. interesting and I, I found that very interesting throughout there was this 
kind of sense of sort of surreality that a lot of the time mm. it was these you know certain items of clothing or certain styles of clothing in contexts that didn't fit you got it in um uh Guy Rosa's film as well which was about kind of a biker gang yes oh yes people the biker wearing gang. kind of <laughs> these enormous ruffled pieces which he makes himself by hand a lot of hand crochet kind of you know using um antique dresses and things like that Mm. But it's combining those dresses with biker leathers and then putting that into the context of kind of a biker gang. And, yes. it's, you know, one of the references he has in his work is is John Waters. And I find that very interesting because, of course, it's that whole thing of kind of clashing together these worlds that don't really fit, that don't really work together. Um, mm. and, and really kind of reveling in that sort of friction between them, which, you know, again, to, to bring it back to, trying to think about Alessandro Michele's mind is working. That's something that he loves. You know, he loves kind of taking, you know, take Disney out of context and, and put it into a fashion show. I remember him once saying to me, I think he was saying to me that he kind of, he thought Goofy was a philosopher. And I was like, <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? But, but you know, he, he has a rationale for it. You know, he's saying, he's giving you life lessons. It's in this, yeah. you know, it's an unconventional philosopher. And so I think a lot of what he does is about making you, reconsider kind of preconceived notions and you see that kind of happening in a lot of these designers work as well um in in Rui's film the emerald which is called emerald the emerald now, yes the emerald one yeah animals but an kind of anthropomorphic animals um it, again it's this like, weird, weird idea of kind of surreality it's kind of like a surreal fairy tale and you mm. don't know if you're watching kind of a if it's a going to end up being kind of a Helmut Newton scenario yeah. or if it's something much more kind of innocent, which is what it ends up being. Um, yeah. Again, it's about kind of putting, taking things out of context. And I guess also when you're a designer making a film, you only have a few minutes to kind of communicate. So you, you've got to make something that's really kind of arresting, that's really going to draw people in. There's an interesting, I mean, there's also an interesting concept that I noticed. There's two designers that kind of, created something or got inspired by gaming in a yeah. sense yeah i think you also think see Mo that with um Moalola did that and also colina strada yeah and gareth Wrighton as well there's a sense of kind of gaming in that and i'm kind of i've always been really geekily fascinated with second life and with yeah. kind of virtual worlds and actually weirdly the fascination with second life came out of a fashion show based on Second Life about 10 years ago by Anne-Sophie Back, Swedish. Swedish. Yes, of um, course. <laughs> and she did a, a show, a collection based on Second Life and I got really interested in it. And now you have kind of um, other other platforms like IMVU, um, which I, I think, you know, people do things like recreate Galliano Dior outfits in there and recreate Gucci outfits. And mm. so I, I find this very interesting. And there's this whole thing about kind of people's digital kind of projections of themselves um the idea that you know a lot of the time who you purport to be on instagram isn't who you really are you know you you shoot yourself in your best angle you use really you know beautiful lighting you retouch your face da, da, da. not you necessarily brian but, i mean i know, do it on people, instagram people. i think most of us do um, <laughs> you know so i think there's something really interesting especially at this moment when so many people are kind of trapped inside um, I, I read, I am genuinely fascinated with Second Life. And I read this thing that said Second Life, it has kind of run out of 
virtual land because mm. so many people are coming into it at this moment. So they've run out of kind of, you know, bandwidth to, to make mm. new land for people. Um, and so I find it very interesting that at this moment, when everyone's locked away, people are, are going surging and going into these virtual worlds that they can kind of explore in different ways. And you've got that sense in those three designers' films. And then yeah. also as well, this, this idea of it slightly being, a, a, you know, sort of fantasy, a little bit dark, sometimes aggressive, which is, you know, yeah. so it's almost like the fantasy world becomes like the, the real world. Um, and you got that in, in Barami Vigua's... I was going to talk well. about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, I feel like, yeah, with Barami, I mean, it's funny because like the opening is very cine cinematic, you know, yeah. the whole, you know, the whole opening movie's um, soundscape. But one thing that stood out for me in Barami's um, film was kind of like the search for, and that, not just it's his film, but other designers too, but a, a few people are obsessed with the idea of like finding a hero yeah. or... Or, you know, it's, it's someone you can put up with or just like someone. I mean, personally, I love being a villain. <laughs> That's my reputation online. You know? <laughs> but there's this sense, of, there's this kind of like hunger or interest in, 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 in heroism for mm. some reason. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, at, at the moment, it's, it's, it's a weird time. It's a weird time to be doing anything, you know, and people are looking to escape and you are looking you know people are looking for a magic antidote to this thing that's going on it's it is a little bit kind of fairy tale we're all locked up in our tower waiting for the prince to come and rescue us and, yeah you know <laughs> so it, it does kind of fit with with that time and as well i think there's that whole idea you know going back to vivian westwood you know she vivian westwood and malcolm mclaren their shop seditionaries in the 70s they wrote clothes for heroes over the mm. door. So there's this whole idea of kind of dressing people heroically is, is, you know, something I think a lot of designers want to do. They want to create kind of, you know, heroic men, heroic women, people you want to aspire to be. Um, so I think that's all very interesting, that this whole idea of kind of heroism. But then if you look at, um, one of my favourite films is by Charles de uh, Villemarin. Oh, yes. Uh, the young French designer. And he's loved by Christian Lacroix, who I absolutely love. So it's quite natural that I would, I would like <laughs> his clothes. But his, um, his film is based on like 80s horror. And there's a really fantastic, um, not suitable for under 18, uh, Ken Russell film called um, The Layer of the White Worm. And it's really campy and it stars <laughs> Catherine Oxenberg, whose daughter was in Nexium, um, yeah. and who herself was in Dynasty and Hugh Grant, and Hugh Grant is supposed to slay this, this, you know, evil dragon, who's actually, yeah. <laughs> and it's very that, but I also really like that film because it, it had this weird sense of kind of a fashion designer being consumed by their own creation. And I think yeah, that's, that's the vibe I get, but a very rich one too. But also it's something very, very kind of poetic and talking about the fashion industry, but as well, that whole thing, that you were saying this it's interesting for me as someone that goes to the student shows a lot you know five ten years ago everything was very minimal it's very you know women's wear was very phoebe philo Celine, men's wear was very craig green and yeah. now i think graduates are coming out who are much more kind of baroque and much more um i guess romantic certainly much more decorative and you're seeing that in lots of the, the work of, of different designers um, but I guess maybe with a lot of designers, they have time to 
I mean, I think they're they're not taking the easy way out. They're oh. more inspired. They're definitely more inspired. They're more creative. They have time. They don't, you know, and like, I guess because of this whole lockdown thing and people, you know, these talent have more time to, to research and to really, you know, just research in general and, yeah. and be inspired. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that's interesting is you have, especially in these films, you have a lot of people with quite different aesthetics approaching things in a similar way. So for instance, you had that, you know, that Charles de, de Vilmarin, his, his clothes are very colourful. His aesthetic yeah. is very Baroque. You wouldn't automatically think he would go down kind of a horror route. And then you have someone like... Um, Jordan Luca, Jordan for Luca, exactly. The, the Great tailoring. There. Yeah. And it's very stripped back. It's very pared back. Um, yeah. But their their film, kind of in terms of its treatment, had a certainly had a link to, to what Charles de Vilmarin was doing in terms of kind of there being a sort of darkness, which again, yeah. I guess, connects with this idea of heroes, fantasy, um, surreality, things that were a little foreboding. It's yeah. interesting that you're seeing all of these different things. Again, like I said, it, it's, it's like a fashion week because you put of all of these together and then you're comparing and contrasting them. It's a bit like, oh, why did everyone do green trousers or why did everyone do <laughs> shoulders or you know with this it's like oh why why are you all thinking that way why is it and it's actually slightly more interesting than just talking about the clothes because it's of course why are you seeing the world like this you know mm. and and that's something i always find super interesting when you're looking at, at, at anything like this especially videos because it's a it, I keep saying videos. I should be saying films because films. <laughs> video is very 80s of me. Um, but when you look at films, because it's a designer's opportunity to kind of have a world, you know, it's an opportunity to have a kind of whole realised aesthetic. And it's also interesting that with some of them, it's very dialogue based. For instance, you know, Bianca Saunders one is, is super dialogue based. But then when you look at something like Rave Review, their whole point... Which was, I love, by the way. Well, that was sweet. sweet. <laughs> but, you know, their whole thing is like, no dialogue. It's not about, you know, which I think with, with some of the other designers as well, they're very pointedly not using dialogue, which, which obviously gives it a universality. But it means yeah. that you... I think you engage differently in ones with a narrative, in, in films with a narrative than in, in films that are about kind of aesthetic expression. I really like it. It's funny you mentioned Ray Review. I really, really loved it. You know, I mean, it's funny. It's fascinating seeing Stockholm in a different way. <laughs> I mean, you know, just even me going on the subway, going to the stations, going to Surreal Store, in the city center, seeing seeing the area that I live in and part of the, this part of the world and presented it in a different way. I would never imagine Stockholm to be like that on the film at all. <laughs> Well, it's a bit like that when I see there's a few that are in London and I live in East London. So there's a, and I'm one of my best friends um, lives in Notting Hill near where the carnival is. So, you know, um, it's, it's very interesting to see your kind of environment, to see places you're familiar with presented in a, in a different light, presented as a backdrop to kind of unexpected activity, especially now when, you know, we're not really going out, we're not seeing, you know, I'm not sure if I'm nostalgic for my own city. Maybe a little bit like that, but... You know. <laughs> Gareth. What about Gareth? How do you feel about Gareth's film? Um, I, again, for me, that Gareth connects in with, the, um, with this exploration of kind of virtual worlds. It's yeah. The other thing that's super interesting with, with Gareth's film, which you might not get 
you know, if you've not seen him, but, you know, it's him. It's, it's, he's using himself as kind of all of his models, um, you know, in different kind of using his clothes to kind of transform himself. So presenting himself in all of these kind of different guises, mm. which is interesting because, you know, it, again, it kind of connects with, with fashion, being able to sort of transform yourself. The idea that, you know, you, you're not, a, I was going to say, you're not a woman, you're women, but that's, <laughs> we're both men. Um, so, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's much more interesting, I think, you know, uh, and certainly I feel that women have used fashion a, a great deal to transform themselves over, you know, the, the past few centuries, this whole idea that you can reinvent yourself by putting different clothes on. And mm. I think now actually men and menswear is becoming much freer and men are, are, are exactly, <laughs> you know, and that's very much what Gucci's about as well. This idea that, you, you know, you can, there's a lot more freedom in dress than there used to be even kind of 10, 15 years ago. Um, and that you can kind of transform your own. It's not even other people's perception of you. It's your own perceptions of yourself. You put on something and you can kind of transform yourself for the day. And that's really exciting. I think that's, you know, for me, that's kind of what a, a big part of his film was about, was this idea of being able to, to reinvent yourself as different characters and you could be the hero or you could be the villain, depending on what you're wearing. I love being the villain, as you know. <laughs> Though another film that I really, really loved that kind of like touched me in some way was Cormillo about the taxi. Yes. I know, I love. It's fascinating how even, even from the moment she was driving her cab, you know, listening to the radio. I mean, as in like, I feel like I'm in Italy again, taking a cab, going from show to show and hearing the radio, you know, talking, and then all of a sudden you got these three girls who are on the way to the bar, <laughs> disturbing the peace, and she started singing. But I, I like that as well, because it's it's very different to the ones that are super surreal and putting you into a different world. This one's incredibly relatable. Mm. Uh, it, and again, it kind of feels like it's about reality. It's It's about, you know, the designer's real world, and she's kind of drawing us in and putting us into that context. And it's interesting because... Of course, you notice the clothes, and of course, they're wearing her clothes. But it's almost incidental to the to the story. You know, you, you end up it's, being it's like, kind oh, of great. for me. It felt like it felt like her clothes was kind of. I mean, it's very feminine, mm. but at the same time, there's a certain female gaze in it. Yeah. it's like, and all the girls are dancing with other well, it's girls. All it's all, it's only yeah, I know. There's only women in that film, which is very interesting. and I loved it. Well. Yeah, and yeah. It, but, but again, it's, it's that kind of weird thing of you feeling like you're seeing kind of a snippet. And it is slightly surreal, you know, the taxi driver going and singing in this bar. And I know. Goes, well, <laughs> you know, it's, is she imagining it? Does it really yeah. happen? There's, you know, I think, again, but it's a, it's a much quieter fantasy. It's not this kind of, you know, world of, you know, kind of, uh, of, kind of mystical beings or, or witches or anything. It's, it's this kind of, you know, quiet fantasy. And Chanel Campbell. Yes. Well, I think we... I love the $100 bills. <laughs> we talked a bit about her because she, again, yeah. it's about bringing things, you know, again, you know, she lives in the Bronx, but her um, her parentage is from the Caribbean. So it's about bringing her kind of cultural experience to different contexts, I think. Um, and that's sort of interesting in Black femininity and in how people perceive Black women. For me, it felt powerful. Yeah. Even with the dancing... That you know, it felt like 
she's in control and you know she's taking charge of her narrative in a sense well and again it was multiple narratives you saw it kind of yeah. slicing and taking us to different places putting it in different contexts mm. it's it's really about kind of you know being able to again kind of reinvent yourself especially as yeah. a woman the kind of power a woman has to to change the way people look at her to change the, her own attitude as well to the world i think mm. okay I think we've covered most of them. I think. I, mean, I think it's a yeah. Everyone. I think it's a great showing, actually, of like you know different emerging designers, like yeah. Gucci. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. I think you know as well. For me, it was interesting because, you know, I remember how TV used to be when it, you know <laughs> when you would have commercial breaks between things, and it kind of felt like that because these were kind of coupled with particular episodes. And you got this kind of sense of anticipation. You wanted to see, you know, if you knew the designers that were involved, you wanted to see what they'd done. You wanted to see what their point of view was. You wanted to see how they were conveying themselves. Um, and, and again, you know, it's really interesting to kind of compare and contrast to see not just the clothes they're producing, but the ideas they have about the world, especially at this time. And the other thing is, you know, what people are doing now is such a kind of time capsule of what we're all going through. And it's something that people can look back on in, you know, five or 10 years. And it, it really gives a, a sense of where people's minds were at. It's not just about clothes and, and, you know, which we'll admit, you know, is sometimes about what people, especially with younger designers, what, what they want to sell because they have to survive. But mm. it, I think the, this is kind of a, a snapshot of their aesthetics. It's really talking about where their mindset is and what they feel like is the right right reaction to what we're all going through and that's super interesting i always think you know fashion's a reflection of its time i was gonna say that like literally i was waiting for my <laughs> moment to say that fashion is I always a reflection of our you. time you know yeah um all right do you think do you think this is the way forward in terms of i mean this is the first time i've seen a mega brand do something of this scale in terms of supporting you know, designing, of course, there are other, you know, entities that support designers, emerging designers, but mm -hmm. at least in the digital space, this is probably one of the first few, you know, mega brands that really showcase emerging designers in a really, you know, substantial way. I For example, do you think this is the way to move forward in terms of like, if you're like a big brand, are you supposed to be committed in, in giving designers, you know, this kind of help and support? I think it's great when, when brands can do that. I, th or I think it's great when brands do do that because you see, yeah. you know, for instance, the, the, obviously the LVMH prize is really fantastic in terms, you know, as, as for that group supporting people. And you also saw um, at, at certain points, Giorgio Armani giving his show space in Milan to different designers. But, you know, it's, it's the thing that's great about this is it, it's happening at a point when it really needs to happen this is a moment when young designers do need support when mm -hmm. you know it, it's it's easy for a, a huge brand to make a lot of fuss a, around what it's doing because that's kind of you know that's the power of, of something like gucci but then to, mm -hmm. to give some of that power to younger designers you know it's it's kind of it's genuinely about trying to give something back to a community it's genuinely about creating kind of a dialogue between um, gucci and this kind of new generation of designers and also i think there's that whole idea that you know alessandro michele has chosen these designers and that's the kind of stamp of approval to be able to say you were chosen to be part of this it's not it's not just anyone that can be part of it and it's certainly a, you know considering how many young designers there are in the world and 
how kind of refined this curation is of designers from all around the world. They're not just all Central St. Martin's graduates or Antwerp no. Academy <laughs> graduates or, you know, they're from all over. Um, so it, it really reflects kind of a, a genuine interest, I think, from from Alessandro Michele and from Gucci in kind of nurturing a new generation. Um, mm. And there's, you know, I think there's something kind of incredibly touching about that. I no, I completely agree. I completely agree. All right. On that note. <laughs> Lovely well, to see you know, you. sorry. Lovely to see you. You too. I know it's such an interesting conversation always. It's, it's fascinating to just like, you know, to do this on, on the phone in front of a public. It's usually <laughs> whenever we have a conversation, it's by text, yes. you know? Yeah. But, But no, thank you nice. so, thank, yeah. It replaces the conversations we normally have during fashion week. I, I agree. But at, you know, at least in a way, our conversation this time around about emerging designers definitely and, and their stories, it's meaningful, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's completely meaningful. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Alex. Lovely to see you as always. Likewise. Thanks, Gucci. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. For more information about Overture of Something That Never Ended and Gucci Fest, please see the episode notes.